Hello, wherever and whenever you are, uh, this is Into the Black Archive, reacting to the final, yes, the final episode of Doctor Who Flux, episode six, The Vanquishers. It's just aired where we are now in a living room somewhere. We've just seen the last episode, myself, James and Owen, who's sat across from me. Good morning. Good morning. So, finishing... Um, he broke for pattern. Yeah, they broke the pattern because we've gone from sort of not so good, good, not, not so, so good, 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 not so good. So you're thinking good. Yeah, that's what we both that's what we both expected. Here. So we were hoping good. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't follow patterns on this show. Yeah, I I think we're quite unanimous in both of us not being a massive fan of this. This one's a bit of a mess, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And and to be quite honest, the most unfortunate thing about the fact that it's a mess is that I don't know anyone who will be surprised. I I, I went into this with high hopes. I, I said last season, last episode, which I think which it will end with a big red button and the approach to that big red button will be nice. Yes, and the, but then we'll have a sort of cliched big red button. We'll all go yeah. back as if nothing happened. I think the first half was all right. Yeah. But then it kind of forgot it needed to end itself. Yes. Which seems to be the biggest problem. Like, it kind of went halfway through and went, right, we need to end this somehow, don't we? Nah. Let's <laughs> just keep going. And so by the time we got to the last 15 minutes, you have to create this incredibly contrived thing, which isn't even a red button. No, this is this the thing which, which before we start recording this, me and James have around like 10 minutes to talk to each other, digest our thoughts on this. And we were discussing this. The Earth is the only thing which now survives because there was no reset button. Yes, although isn't it sort of implied that the that because Claire has figured out the point at which the flux has been moved, hasn't it been diverted to Atropos at this point? But it's already happened. So if the planets are already destroyed, you can't be telling me which. Oh, it got diverted later on down the road. Well, were well, they going on about? Well, the swarm and Azzy were going on about it. They were all about, oh, we're going to divert it to Atropos, and then we're going to sacrifice you to time. And then reset it. But they never got to the resetting point. At least it's never mentioned they got to resetting no, but point. But obviously the Suntarans had to leave Earth to do the whole thing. So doesn't that or mean were they just above Earth where the shield was? But then doesn't that mean Earth would have been destroyed because the shields left it? Which then means nothing should have survived. Actually, no, because we, we did technically stop the, the flux getting to that point. So I can conceivably see Earth surviving, but it still means which... Everything else. Carvanista, Bell, and Vinda went off to their own planet, which no longer exists. Yes, because everything else was destroyed, as we know that the, the, the central point of the flux was Earth, which was which was spelled out very clearly last week. Yeah, and then, like, me, us, we've been saying throughout this entire process, which there will have to be a big red button somewhere. There will have to be this metaphorical big red button, which will, you know, like what happened with the season series three finale just, and the series five finale just rewind everything back to normal no we don't even bother with that we just kind of go it's sorted now way everything is fine nothing happened yeah it's a bit like we've seen the preview now for the for the new year's special the which full one. is this time loopy thing it's got daleks in it there's a minor problem with that we have just seen yeah. every Dalek ship be destroyed. We have just seen that. Yeah. We saw that 20 minutes ago. Yeah. We, we didn't reset it. So they are, they are effectively gone. Not 20 minutes hence is it made very, yeah. very clear that every Dalek ship in, ever... I mean, look, we know that the Daleks always survive, so sure. So if they explain it in the New Year's Eve, they're like, well, we were just one of the only ships that didn't go, then okay. But I don't think they're going to do that. It's just, it's like, it's like they've done the big red button without doing the big red button. It's absolutely it's absurd. Yeah, like, a big red button, data magnets are bad generally. They can be done in a good way. I'm not saying they aren't, can't be done mm. in a good way, but generally they're bad. 
But having a a big red belt and days of Maxine and just not saying anything about it. What? Like we've just gone to the equilibrium. Like there's no consequence. It's, you can't you can't destroy ninety nine percent of the universe. There is one consequence though. Mm. At the end. Is there? Yes. What is it? The doc- doesn't the doctor get told by time which she will have no more regenerations. Yeah, that's interesting. It was gonna be one, so Yeah. <laughs> like like in any other time I could go, Oh, they're going to resolve that next season. We don't have a next season. Yeah, it has to sort of be figured out. We've got three we've got three specials. For time for New Year's one by Flix is just gonna be the standalone sort of like horror. Yeah, Grand time loopy thing, thing, yeah, is going on. And then you've got the sort of Easter sort of time. time one. And then there'll be the centenary, which will be the regen. So unless they plan on having that story be uncovered during the regen, but that's a weird place to have it on like the centenary special. A strange stuff's going. Shall we, uh, shall we dive into this episode? Because we can talk about our full thoughts on flux and where we're going next in the end of season one, which we'll do next week. Yeah. We'll get into sort of what everything means moving forward. But for now, we do have an episode to go through. Do we? We Well, we do. Yeah. it's A, it, a lot of stuff happens. Does it? <laughs> does it? Do you think it, it does? I'll put it in this way. This episode was very simple, yet Indescribable. Indescribable. Like division. Yeah. You're saying. Yeah. So, I think the best way to to tackle this is to start with the it, main structural caveat. What? Best way to combat this is to not bother. Goodbye, all. Let's Have not. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the, best, the, best, the best way to combat this is to look at this structural caveat that Christian will puts in. The idea is... The listeners that the doctor takes basically takes off a conversion plate to try and get back to the universe yes while the doctor is doing this swarm does his hand destroy matter cool thing yes and for reasons that aren't explained because sort of they, is but for in a very timey wimey they just sort of said I don't know why this has happened, but it just is. I think Swarm does describe it at one point, but in like a three-word, made-up word situation, which no one really understands because no one can be bothered to work out a good way to explain it. Yeah, so as I was saying, yeah. by, by, by the rules of bull****, the doctor, there are now three doctors existing all at the same time, mm-hmm. which the doctor can do, all at, which is apparently the doctor is the doctor at all three times simultaneously. Yes. I don't get why you're confused about this, James. Is the vibe that I get. Shall we... And then sort of there's like three narrative strands that that go from there. And they all, as you'd expect with it being the last episode, they all converge and everything converges in terms of the side characters. Does it? I mean, yes. (laughs) And, And to its benefit, the convergence of the side characters is not that bad. It's fine. Is it? I think so. What do you think? I still don't think there's much point to the side characters. No, there's, there's, there's no point to the side characters. That's a completely different discussion. Yeah. But, they, but they're there, right? Yeah. So they have to bring them in. They were all brought back in a relatively tight, good way, which sort of links into how everything gets solved at the end, if you can call it being solved at the end. Yeah, it sort of makes sense. Every, every, everything links together in a way. It's the best way to put this ending. Yeah, it's sort of... It isn't It isn't absolutely nonsensical. No, no. Is the best thing you can say. My God, that we've gone so far if that's a good thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right, shall we start on this then? Yeah, I, so... The, the first the first Doctor, William Hartnell... Um, the first of the 13th Doctors... God, if only we could be talking about William Hartnell episode now. Um, the first sort of version is still up. We'll talk about the swarm stuff because that seems to be the most important stuff to me. I d- 
honestly, honestly speaking, the storm stuff seems the least consequential. It is the least consequential, but because like the the, the splitting happens from there, it but, makes sense that that's the initial like that's your yeah. OG Doctor effectively, and the other two are like splits. Okay. Yeah, let's go with this. Um, yeah, no, I have no other way. <laughs> no, I don't it's either. really a weird one to unpack. So, OG outside universe doctor, yes, is tempted in by a woman as your to the chameleon arch where her memories are because we saw that last week, and we see this ghostly house again, which yeah. was the one we saw in the flash at War of the Sun Tyrants. And I was wondering yes. what that was at the time. I didn't expect it would be linked to that. And I wonder why she has a flashback to that when... um, Yeah. Why does she have a flashback to that then? Is that an answered question? Could it be because the flux has got something to do with Tatian and just time in general? So she's I mean, having yeah, a flashback does. to her former memories? To me, it just looked like cheap foreshadowing. But, but there we go. It's not yeah. too bad. But... What's the point of the house? It's like a visual representation of the lives of the Doctor. It, I don't know why they went with that. Like, I truthfully thinking what would have been a better way to deal with this was just have the, you know, sort of like the Doctor Who vortex effect. Mm. Going into her, knocking her back, her being in pain, and then for, and as long as you're doing the matter melty thingy to mm. the watch in that universe. Yeah. Because then we're just saving time and going to different places. I mean, unpack everything else, have more time for that from the gnarly and also make no difference from anything else and lack and take away from the confusion factor of there just being this old rickety house, which is the doctor's memories, which I mean, like even if she went into some corridors, which has like this endless office corridor with loads of different off turnings mm. like that would have made more sense in my head yes like if you're doing a visual representation instead they've gone for yeah kind of gothic house that doesn't really fit and just seems to be in there because it was like a piece of graphic design from a story they couldn't make because of covid like that's the only reasoning i can see for it yeah there are so many things in this episode listeners and and when when we get on to like some of the side threads i'm really going to start to eviscerate some of this writing because it really is lazy. Yeah, like, I try to give... I mean, if you've listened to the entirety of Flux, I've been giving this season every opportunity to redeem itself, every second chance. I'm not that harshly critical of Chibnall. But even I have to admit, this was not ended well. So, the Doctor is with someone else here. They do yeah. this whole temp thing uh, with the lives, well, her previous lives. She rejects it. And then, effectively, the other two Doctors are dealing with it. So, we'll get into that in a second. Main thing to say is that Swarm and Azir are like, well, we've the flux is being sorted, so we're going to take you to Atropos. And at Atropos, we're going to sacrifice you to time who we meet yes. very briefly at the end. So we can kind of talk about the end yeah, almost at the end. now. Oh, we're going we, to do it we now. could just briefly mention it now, because yeah. it's not really relevant to Flux. No, it's not, is it? Nothing's perfect to Flux. <laughs> it's not relevant <laughs> to the actual episode. What the point was this season? Was there any point to this season? I don't know. I don't know anymore. We've lost him. We have lost him. So yeah, so with time. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, with ill time. So they go back to Atropos... Where they meet Time, who, who can looks, ta- who takes the form of the person speaking to them. Yeah. It. Yeah. What's the right pronoun for Time? They. Is it they? I don't know. Um, uh, you'd, you'd imagine they. Um, and, yeah, so if the entire plot was for them to swarm and Azure to unlock Time by using the Flux, I think think yes but and then, it's sort of in, interpreted that the swarmanazia were the servants of time yes but the doctor stopped flux so they failed yeah so then time merged the doctors into one and threatened her regeneration and then we were at the end also swarmanazia just gets or get killed oh yeah that happens that happens as well that's a bit of a poor ending 
for for two pretty powerful characters. They're really good characters. Like I would have, I would have had no issue of them just taking them out and then bringing them back in again later on. Yeah, they're, they're, I, they're pretty good. I loved it. Like they didn't get used that well, but I loved whenever we're in their company. Yes, they were okay. But then the ending just kind of feels like, it. and there's a lot of this in this episode. Just kind of, oh, we need to do this, and so yeah. it's kind of like, all oh, right, brush this over, brush this over. What's next? Uh, yeah, and so the Doctor has a conversation with Time. There's sort of an implication that forces are amassing against her under their master, which in the subtitles was capitalised. Yes, so... Safe to assume. Yeah. Yeah, the master is coming back in one of the specials, if not next, if not the Evil for Daleks, yeah. in one of the other ones. It looks I'm, like Chibnall is going to um, copy from the Russell T Davies 2009 specials playbook of doing a master tease throughout them yeah which and, yeah and he fine. also did a rip off of um the day of the doctor where they killed the doctor off like yes that's worth straight off go your time will end soon we did we that's back again because that that's always fun and never puts anyone off that time that top point being repeated endlessly yes no one, but no we one have to do that, that because of stakes and it's like they sort of said that they don't have any more regeneration. It's like, well, well why? <laughs> and also... Does time just get to decide that? And also, that's something to put at the beginning of the season when nothing has been confirmed about there being a regeneration. Yeah. But now we know that we've got... <sighs> so we know that's instantly going to be resolved through some stupid mean. We're going to have to we're gonna have to put, like, brackets rant on the title of this episode, right? Um... Anyway, um, should we go down for one of the other doctors? Yeah, I think so. So yeah, that's the first route, kind of inconsequential to the narrative. Um, Right, so you've kind of got, you've got two choices, Owen. Where do you want to go first? Do you want to go down the Doctor with Dan and Yaz route or the Doctor with Carvanista and Bell route? Let's go Carvanista and Bell. That's a good call, actually. Because we can go into, I think, the more juicy. There is some juice in this, actually. Juicy one last. was okay. I think the other one was more juicy. You thought the other one was more juicy? Yeah. Right, yeah. So, the Doctor's been split into three. The, I guess, second one in this case, or one of them, uh, ends up with Carvanista and Bell on the Lepari ship, which is where yes. we left them off last week. Yes. Um, they fight off some Centaurans. Hands up, I have a problem with them fighting Centaurans. You have Centaurans. a problem with them fighting Centaurans. What is your issue with that? They just shoot them down. Like, I thought the entire point of the Centaurans is that vent. the only weakness is in their probate vent. Not anymore. You can shoot them now. They're just like they're like they're potato stormtrooper zone. Yeah, with bad aim. Anyway, continue. Like continue. Aim. Continue. <laughs> they, they do this, <laughs> and what I'm about to tell you is the first example of a recurring series that I will be speaking about for only this episode called Times Where, because we've as an audience seen it in the plot, the characters have also seen it even though they were not there. Oh, is this a recurring feature alongside um, a Dan knowing which um, Di was kidnapped? Well, Dan does know Di was kidnapped. Yeah, no, but before he knew that. Like, he didn't know which she was in the passenger, but he instantly just accepts he's in the passenger. She instantly... And yes. And also in the... Before we saw her in the passenger, he got... Rev- he knew which she was kidnapped in that sort of like alternative timeline thing in Majiggy. Oh, yes. So that's true. Is that this a recurring feature for this season? Yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about that one. Yes, it is a recurring feature <laughs> this season. Thanks for reminding me. Right. God, this pisses me off. So the doctor looks at Belle and is like, solo mission. You haven't met them. No one's met this character. And you're acting like you've known them the whole time. Even Carvanista's only just met her and thinks she is a pirate. Belle has been entirely separate from the narrative. She's just been, she's been intercut. Yes. None of the characters are met. She arrives and it's like, oh, hello. Yes. The characters aren't us, Chris. Aren't this they? is basic. Aren't they? Basic. Are you sure? Obviously, I'm wrong. Good. Maybe I'm wrong. Good, I'm glad you're admitting that, James. Maybe I'm wrong. I should admit when I'm wrong more. Yeah, no. This is one of many examples of this. Uh, anyway, outside of that, the whole thing is the Doctor decides to crash uh, the Covenant's ship. It's not even Covenant's ship, is it? It's just one of the power craft that Bell stole. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So crashes that into 
also the Santarans have occupied Earth again. Um, that happened very quickly. Over- <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like they don't even show them taking over. They just it literally just like they take over. <laughs> One second, they're everywhere. Yeah, I'm going to be getting onto that later. Um, so they crash in. Santarans have a force field, capture the ship, but that's what the Doctor wants. Obviously, the Doctor and Bell sneaks off. Doctor and Cup, although that's never explained as why Bell sneaks off. She just sneaks off. I think she snuck off to do. She did do something. I've forgotten what she did. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe she did. I've, I've forgotten it. Anyway, Doctor and Carvanista are sort of caged. So I'm trying to speak to them. Uh, and there is this really interesting exchange, which is probably the highlight of the episode mm-hmm. for me. Because there are some things that are pretty good, um, where it's pretty much revealed that Carvanista was an ex-companion of the Doctor. Yeah, like that wasn't the mission we saw with them into Vision. That was not that only meeting. Mm. They, yes, were they have a long-standing history. Yeah. And it's pretty much confirmed that um, Carvanista made a pretty incredible sacrifice for the Doctor, who then effectively abandoned them, even if it wasn't their fault. Yeah. And then Suicide Squad style, he had a thing implanted into his brain, which essentially said <laughs> whenever, if he ever told anyone what they did in Division, he, his brain would explode. So basically Dr. Donner. Yeah. <laughs> essentially, about this one specific issue. Which, I mean, is quite it's quite a nice element to have it's not bad if it was then expanded on but it's never expanded on again which is a lot of the story of this episode uh and then the Sontarans come in and basically say oh we killed the lupari by the way while you were having that conversation all of them they're gone they're dead yeah done that's just that's it genocide just brushed over in a single line like, carvanistra has proved which the lupari are quite good yeah, like what the, they do. Yes, so, the Lupari are very good, but but the Sontarans, bearing in mind the Lupari were fine the last time the Sontarans were there, now dead. Yes. To- it's totally different. Yes. Yes. There is no explanation for this. No. Given they just say they're dead. Yes. I, I, it's like... There are so many examples in this episode more interesting things that we are told happened than things we actually see happening. Doesn't that just describe all of Chibnall's writing? It's so backwards. It's so backwards. I, it's, I'm genuinely, like, you can't see me, but I'm genuinely on the point where I'm kind of furious at it because it's so frustrating when you think you've you've crafted all this story and you have all this stuffing, but then instead of prioritizing the cool stuff, you just do the most inane, mundane stuff in scenes and then just infer that the interesting things happened because we're interested in the characters that you haven't put any development time into. And like, there were a little bit of problems in this a few episodes ago, like a tiny bit, but you can get away with it sometimes. This was just the whole episode's this. The whole episode is this. Anyway, um, so Carvanista vows revenge, uh, which he does get, thank God. Because uh, Carvanista, who we should mention, probably the best of the side characters. Yeah, he does, for mo- he does for most and for one I want to see again. Yeah, I'd love to see Carvanista again. One of the few good things, I'd say, that's come yeah. out of this episode was Carvanista again. Yeah, he. I generally want to see him and Dan interact more. Yeah, I'd love that. I don't want Carvanista to just be sort of... Like, it would be cool even if in, in the Davies era he decides Carvanista's worth having around. I'd like to see what that would be like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think he added a lot. I mean, it was a shame that Carvanista and Dan didn't really get any more time because that really worked in um, the first two episodes. Yeah, those two together. Maybe maybe there's a maybe there's a plan for the specials. I don't know. But yeah, Carvanista works by yeah. and large. Yeah. So at this point... Doctor gets taken away to be interrogated by the Grand Serpent. Ooh, but Ooh, James, what does the Grand Serpent want? Well, power. No, he just wants to know where Kate Stewart is gone. <laughs> why, am I, why am I even trying to defend this devil's advocate style? He has, we've, we, so we met the Grand Serpent a month ago in chronological time. Yeah. We've had four episodes to figure out the only motivation I can tell of the Grand Serpent is just yeah because it because I have more power 
Like, there's no reason to have the power. Like, he, he is... Don't get me wrong. He's a very interesting character. Yeah, like, he was a fairly decent part of the last episode. Like, seeing him go through yeah. unit and time, that's fine. But then, much like all the other problems, never expanded on. He yeah. just gets dumped on the asteroid and we go, there we go. Problem solved. He found Kate Stewart. Kate Stewart shoved him on an asteroid. Let's go. Yeah, That's done. up. That was literally it. Like, he's in Williamson's tunnels and they, you know, they sort it and they just send it out to asteroid. That's another example of, ooh, why don't we actually make something out of this? No, we'll just brush it along. The issue is, is that that entire plot point has essentially no consequence. Mm. They could have just had the Sontarans break through the barrier. Exactly. But, but though they did it in this way. One bit of writing that I've always remembered, or a bit of writing advice that I've always remembered being like taught by people who are much better at it than me, like much better, mm-hmm. is it's fine for a character to want an abstract concept. Because power is an abstract concept. Mm. You can't you can't represent power. Well, power isn't a thing that you can hold. Yeah. Power is abstract. What you can do, though, is give a character a goal that is representative of the abstract concept. So, for example, if a character wants power, like in the Grand Serpent's case, power can be externalised as wants to become, he wants to overthrow the government and become president. What's his entire purpose in these two episodes? Just sort of to exist and be evil? Just to survive. Yeah, but like survive and be like powerful. There's sort of like a brief line where, where it's like the Grand Serpent wants to be the ruler of Earth. Oh yeah, there is that bit. There is there? that, but it's like so, so glossed over. But the, the Zontarans have decided to wipe out Earth and everything but themselves. Yes. So how much sense does that make? But yeah, for Grand Serpent... Decent character. Not expanded on. Not expanded on, which uh, is a lot of them. The Grand Serpent gets the Doctor and starts to interrogate her. Yes, although really doesn't ask her any questions, and it's just the Doctor asking the Grand Serpent questions. Well, not even asking, just sort of saying, this is what you're doing, without knowing it, Which because is, it's easy. Yeah, he is. the Doctor's essential route here is to try to annoy him into not doing anything. Yeah. Which, to be fair, does work. And Jodie Whittaker does good acting in this bit, like genuinely good line delivery. Yeah. Which I enjoyed because she's sort of in the pain underneath the laser and then they tr- and then the Grand Serpent tries to do his cool snake thing, which doesn't work because there are three of her. Because there's a doctor appears out of nowhere. Ba-doo! Yeah, and then this happens. Right. So then the other doctor shows up. I should say that they've made a point that all these doc the doctors are simultaneously the same doctor. Yes. So what we're saying is it's not two doctors, it's the same doctor twice. Yes. Who is living twice. Yes. Does this make any sense, James? How does that work? How does that work? I don't know, James. How does it work? You tell me. I, it doesn't. It doesn't work because you can't... They're moving independently of each other. Like, I, like I know that the Doctor's got two hearts, but we're trying to say now that the Doctor is moving independently all at once three times. Yeah. What's wrong with that? What? Like, and they're having conversations with each other. And so what you get is this really annoying, like almost irritating doctor-to-doctor dialogue, which makes the companions, who never mattered before in Chibnall, by the way, matter even less because they're just passengers now because the doctor's got the best companion they're ever going to have, which is the doctor herself. Yeah. And so we're just sitting here, basically, reveling in how smart the doctor is with no risk or stake. But we've got the stake off the flux, which is resolved so perfectly. Let's have a look at the other route. Yes, let's have a look at the other route, and then we can get to the converge. Get get them to meet up together. Yeah, cool. So this other Doctor, how they arrived was that the other Doctor was put into the tunnels. With her companions. We left Yaz, Dan, Jericho, and Joseph Williamson there. And Kate Stewart. Yes, and Kate Stewart is there now. Uh, she is hiding out in 2021. Yes, so in they, the tunnels. They go through a door to 2021. Kate Stewart is there. Just happens to be there with her TARDIS. Now, James, How's that a coincidence? Now, James, how is this described as happening in the plot? I can't remember. I mean, can you tell me? 
No, because it didn't happen. <laughs> okay, that's why. So, Kate Stewart is in for, for tunnels with everyone. And then the doctor turns up. And then the doctor leaves again because she's warping in and out of time. Yes, but then the doctor is still there. Yes. At the same time as being in the... Yeah. Um, it's basically just a nice... It's an interesting concept to try and have three narratives happening at once. And, like, I get it as, like, a function, but it doesn't actually make sense the moment you think about it. It's not even, like... It's like, worse than time travel. Time travel on... it. This is why I hate any plot which bases itself around time travel. That's one of the main reasons. <laughs> the person who manages a Doctor Who podcast, time travel, no. no. Well, very rarely time travel is the focus of a singular episode. Mm. Like we tra- try and tra- we time travel two episodes. Yeah, and then we have a story inside yeah. that time. It's the reason why I hate Chris Eccleston's first Big Finish book because it's a story based around time and time manipulation. Yeah, time on itself is just confusing. Time travel itself is just confusing. And then we add in this other element, which barely makes any sense. It's yeah, it's like. Building a house of cards in the wind is very difficult. Chris Jimmel is trying to build an opulent mansion of cards in a very big storm. Yes. It is just going to fall in on itself the yeah. moment you flick it. Right, so this other story. This yeah, other this other story. So, um, yeah, they get in the TARDIS. Uh, they find Claire back in 1967 because they need Claire and Jericho to become part of Sontaran's psychic command which is a thing as well, because they want to find the exact coordinates of the flux. I have problem. You have problem? Yeah. I'm not surprised. What is it? <laughs> I thought the entire point of Angels was that the, tard- the doctor wasn't allowed to bring them back. That's why Rory and Amy got stuck in New York in whatever year. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, dear. <laughs> Didn't think about that. That's... So, right, I'm just going to think am, about am, what that am, means. Am, am, I think, am I remembering that Rory no, and no, episode Yeah, because, because if... Yeah, because they become fixed points, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're definitely right, because the whole thing is Amy and Rory are fixed points in time when they get taken by the angels. Yeah. They become a fixed point in time. It's, they, I can even see Matt Smith saying, you will become a fixed point in time. Yeah. Not Claire, though. Well, side character, different rules. Plot armor. God, there are every scene has something dramatically fucked in it. So yeah, so we, we bring them all back together. Claire and Jericho go into the Sontaran ship to essentially work as their supercomputer to find out the central location of where the flux yeah. and things will end. During this, Claire actually figures it out, uh, which I think is all down to the fact that there's still a bit of angel in her. Yeah, it's not really. It mentions she's got special psychic abilities, but never really explained why. Yeah, I think it's to do with angels. Uh, it must be to do with... Like, it's implied enough where I'll give it to them. It, it must have been something along the lines of the angel being there, stretched the whole sort of kind of thing. That yeah, she so could... she can kind of see more through time. Yeah. If I'll go with it. So, yeah, Claire and figures I, that out. And I can also go with them needing human brains to be their supercomputer, because human brains are the best computers and all that rubbish we get told in school. So yeah, I can also we'll go. go I can also go with all of that stuff. We'll go with it anyway. Uh, so Claire figures this out. By the time we know that, uh, Claire and Jericho have been given these transmat rings, so yeah. they can get back out. Claire uses hers at the right time. Another hand up. Yeah, it's another problem. No. I haven't thought of. No, no. You're just saying it's a nice callback to um, Keys of Mammonus. Oh, it is, isn't it? Transmat yeah. rings. Yeah. Didn't think about that. Yeah, so he's got the transmat ring. Jericho tries to use his, gets distracted by a few Sontarans, accidentally shoots his transmat ring. I think the Sontaran shot his transmat ring. Yeah, either or it gets shot up. So you're thinking, oh, this isn't looking good for Jericho, but it's okay because the Doctor sort of comes in at one point and goes, Jericho, there's um, there's a pod over there, you can escape. But the door is stuck closed. The door is stuck closed, which means the one character that we have to kill is the best character... Aside from Carvanista. Aside from Carvanista, but very good. The best character of the lot is the one we kill. Which is why I hate this season. Like, I, 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 I get it in terms of, like, 
you have to show the consequences of like if the universe is going to end that badly people will obviously die but it was just sort of as if they like chris chibnall had a hat it was like everyone's names in a hat it was like well take that one out it's jericho cool jericho will die because it could have just as easily been claire yeah and it, and it wouldn't have made any more or less sense it's just they had to kill somebody to prove that somebody could die yeah I have no problem with it being Jericho necessarily. It's it's the, it's the fact that there is no reason for that to happen. Fact is, it, it is also our favourite character. It it's, just happens because it has. It just happens because like, there's no reason in the story. It just happens because Triple has decided someone has to die. Like a better way for it to have been would have been for it to be a suicide mission for Claire because of something something. It, Angel yeah, if going, the angels going like, back in to, going back to her time, angels not liking it or something. Her, she slowly disintegrates while she's in there due to angel problems. Yeah, so we figured out a better reason here in 30 seconds. Yeah, it just... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we have that. That happens to Jericho. Anyway, um, this stuff is sort of happening around um, the convergence point, so now we can get to the convergence point where the Doctor's met up again. No? Something else? Missing something Am I else missing here? something? yeah. Die and Vinda's escape. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. That's because that's kind of the Doctor's one of the only things Doctor's not in. <laughs> yeah. In this bloody thing. Yeah, so where we left Vinda off, he got put into the passenger thinking he was going to find Belle. Yes. Didn't find Belle, but did find Die. Now, yes. goodness me, I have a lot of problems with what happens here. Okay. A lot, which I'm going to break down. Firstly, Die for reasons undisclosed, is the only person left in yes. the entire infinite passenger. Yes. Because passen- she is because she is insignificant. And the passenger is unbelievably nice looking to live in. Yes, it's just sort of nice landscapes. And the weirdest thing is, it's not like they didn't have a horrible set because the passenger in the normal realm, so hmm. to speak, is in what looked like the ideal place to have the inner passenger realm be like just endless pebbled void yeah it's fine but yeah no landscapes now yeah so die is the only person in this because she's insignificant yeah chris chris that is not a reason how is she more insignificant than the supposed millions of people you've already put in there who are just now gone, apart from this one, because what, they forgot? And this, the weird thing as well, this would have been such an easy thing to solve, just have more people wandering around. Yeah, like, yeah, I get it for COVID protocols, but you can come up with... Oh, I just don't I just don't get it. I don't get it. They it's not could, justified. They even could have just referred to there being more people around off, off camera. Yeah, it's just like, where are they? Well, you know, it's an endless space. Yeah. I, have, I haven't met anyone, but I assume there's more out there. Yeah, I've met, you could even say, oh, I've met a few people, they come and go. They're just endlessly wandering. Yeah, it's just people wandering, there's nothing to do. Like, there's reasons to do this, and you don't have to expend any more lines of dialogue, but here we are. We, Dai's just been left here because the narrative needs to happen, even though that character doesn't need to be in this at all. <laughs> then we find out that while Dai's been in the passenger, because obviously Dai got taken in like episode one she's been in there the whole time which furthers my whole why is she here other than to be like a thing for dan to want which he, is he then gets rejected yeah oh god <laughs> that annoys me as well because <laughs> it just completely removes the point of her it's just and i'm not blaming the die character for this but like if you're going to create a female character this is just true for any writer please don't make her the object of male affection and that's it Please don't do that. Give her her own desire. Give her something. So anyway, while she's been in the passenger, the whole thing that the whole thing is like Dai has learned how the passenger stuff works over a lot of time and has like figured all this out. It's brilliant. So that sounds cool, right? Like she she's yeah. figured out all the passengers, gone to the edges. She's worked out entirely how this incredibly complex form works. Yes, which sounds brilliant. I'd have loved to see her figuring that out, but instead we have to, to be told it. To be fair, if we did see her figuring it out, 
it would have been more cutscenes to an already overly filled cut screen. I agree, episode. but you, but you, but it's just like it's just like we're told so much stuff in this narrative after it happens. Yeah, it isn't. It's not in the present tense. It's like in the past tense. It's like, we're, oh, by the way, while you were away, this really cool thing happened, and now we're going to talk about it inanely. Yes. Show me it, please. Please show me it. Like so, the entire die character, and I know this is like a wider point about Flux, and not like just this episode. The die character is a love interest. Gets caught in passenger. Comes out of the passenger. Suggests an idea about matter. Rejects down the Goes off. We'll never see her again. Done. Thanks for coming. Yeah. What point? And she's not a bad character. It's just she's not given a reason to be, which is really frustrating. So they all, through some bizarre reality, they all get together at the end. Yeah. Although then again, how do um, Diamond get out? They essentially break through for shielding. Yeah. Get out for enough time for Vinda to send out an emergency distress call to With the With the communicator. But that was, that was well seated. Yeah. And then f- must have been some sort of like... M- emergency gathering system fee passenger gather sort of hoovers them back up yeah but because they've got the signal lock the TARDIS can go into the passenger to be fair it's never been ruled out them not being able to do that before yeah, yeah I'm not saying that's wrong I'm it's just kind of if they could do that couldn't they've got die I you know it's one of those things I think but it, they never knew where the passenger was to do that but, but they yeah did, that's true actually you're right know that with because uh, because of essentially the tracking from the... Yeah. And they do make a point of saying it doesn't like it in here. We can only hold it for a couple of seconds. So yeah. that's fair. Uh, that's how they get Di, uh, Di and Vinda out. And then everyone is reunited. Vinda sees Belle. And we the beautiful love story that has had absolutely no effect on the narrative gets resolved. And Dan sees Di, which is lovely, apart from the fact Di now has no feelings for Dan uh, because he was late that one time, which he can't fix. Yeah. <laughs> a bit... It's a real shame which no one can invent a time machine. <laughs> Why doesn't he? And now, and now we get to the end. Thank God. Yeah, um, just about. Yeah, I think, we we, I think we've missed out a few bits, but you There's know, there's the whole chocolate Sontaran thing, which is. I, I, I forgot about that, but I loved it so much. It's sort of funny, but it's not as good as I wanted to ride a horse. Then again, is anything? No, I feel like. As we keep going on about, that's an amazing idea, which is just amazing. Why couldn't it have been expanded on? Yeah. But it, like even just having him being caught by a commanding officer, <laughs> stuffing his face of chocolate and him being killed. That would know, have been the perfect end to that character. But you know why that is? It's because the first five episodes of Flux are somehow not quick enough because there's just too much narrative. Mm. There's just too much going on. And as a result, in the sixth episode... Everything is just so rushed because they have to get everything tied Do up. Do you think Flux was their entire plan all along, but they had to shrink it down to, I think it was meant to be like eight episodes originally, but they had yeah. to shrink it down to six. Do you think that kind of explains the choppy nature yes. of it? I, I also think that you have to remember that I don't think Flux was ever the original plan. Mm. But I think COVID had an effect. So I give them some leeway. I think he's always wanted to do a serialized thing. That's what I'm thinking of. I think they, yeah, must, sense. they must have had... A plot for eight episodes of Flux, mm. whatever form that took. And then they realise, poop, this has happened. We have to shrink down this plan yeah. and adapt it. Which must have been why it's such a jumbled mess in places. Yeah, and if that's and if that's the case, then I understand it. But the fact is, it is still they, what it is. They still could have cut out characters and saved that time. Yeah. Like, Grand Serpent's intro was perfect, but he wasn't needed after that. Pretty much. He wasn't needed at that point, The Vinda Bell stuff, it doesn't really affect the narrative at all directly. They could have just had Vinda they go. They could have gone. They could have had Vinda go and then take on Bell, Bell's mission of trying to save universe. Potentially. I mean, even, I mean, I mean, they were making all this buzz about Vinda at the Comic-Con as being, oh, look, big character, big character. He doesn't do much. No. Just kind of there. It's like window dressing. Carvanista does more. Car- yeah, that's the truth. Carvanista does more. Um, yeah, so... Regardless of that, we're all together, and now we see the great plan of the Sontarans, which is uh, which is actually a really good plan. 
Their essential plan is to lure in all of their enemies and go... In an alliance. In an alliance. We've we've found a way to survive if you all come here right now. And we'll help you. And we'll help you. I don't quite understand why anyone believed that, but they went for it. Yeah, the Daleks inside. (laughs) Just like, yeah, sure. These aliens who have fought us before seem legit. Yeah. So they all go there and then they change the Lupari ships to... This is their plan. Change the Lupari ships to protect them. And not the Daleks and Cybermen who are then fluxed who out. Are outside, who are essentially locked outside. But their plan gets changed because they, uh, I remember, Carvanista remote controlled all the Lapari ships to not do that. Mm. And Bell and Vinda go shooty shooty comms and things. Yeah, for so reasons. Just everyone dies. Like there's no, the TARDIS and there's no reason for them to cut the comms. But that happens. I think there is like a reason. I just can't remember it. Well, I honestly, what would have been for reason to like, control to control the Lupari fleet? Because surely the, he would have comms access, but I think Carvanis just has it as well. But Carvanis has already broken that element. Oh right, then I guess yeah, probably not. I guess comms is like, well, now you can't scream. Isn't that funny? Yeah, <laughs> they cut that off though. Yeah, I think this must. Uh, this is what I why I think some this must have been longer initially. It because there are so many interesting elements like the com stuff hmm. which just never expanded on yeah which never seemed to make any sense it feels like if there were cuts and i'm starting to believe your theory more and more the more you say it because that would make sense to why episode one was so jumpy and we had to try to yeah. grab so much in why the, the third one was so jumpy and trying to grab everything in if they were trying to cram like say two episodes in one hmm. The result of it, though, is I feel like in so many places, it seems like they cut the wrong things. It's not and they even, focused on things that weren't as relevant as they could have been. It's not even that. It feels like what they had was they had a whole thing, cut it in half, and got rid of it, the other half, instead of just getting rid of the whole original chunk. Because mm. currently we're being left with part of the story, but then the next bit. Like, we're never seeing the carbon the Lupari ships all being killed hmm. Lupari being killed let's just let's say it happened off camera remove that entire segment and have them take over have them hack into the remote control hmm. like there's elements in there which seem to be like really good on paper but they feel like they've just been cut into and then they just kind of went hmm shuffle off to the side can we get like all this backstory about like Vinder and Bell hmm the, and all this backstory about Vinder and Bell, and, and none of them are particularly relevant. So why have we shown all of this backstory? Yeah. When we could have... Because you've got other things to do. Yeah. I, I mean, look, we can get more into it in the end of season. Yeah. One about that, because that's like a wider thing. Yeah. Anyway, where we are in The Vanquishers is... So essentially they send out a... They do all of that stuff. Sontaran fleet, gone. Dalek fleet, gone. Sideman fleet, gone. The flux is starting to break through the Lupari ship, but we have a quick realisation. Well, Dai has a quick realisation. The only thing she does for the narrative. Oh, there's unlimited space within the um, passenger. Let's just have the flux go in for passenger. Yes. Well, you know what's interesting about that? Well, she knows that matter that matter fights off antimatter. Yeah. She knows that. Yeah. She just knows that, even though the only mention we've had of that is the Doctor to herself. Yeah. So what we're saying is that Di is a character who's so smart that she has already known what the Doctor has said. You see, this bit here is also an odd bit, because it would have been so much easier for her just to go, well, it's unlimited space within the passenger, uh, so can we store everything, shove it in there? And the Doctor goes, no, no, that won't work because X and Y. Oh, no, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah Antimatter matter would all... Yeah, because then the Doctor could do that because the Doctor's made that connection. But Di... Dai hasn't had that knowledge. Yeah. So so it's just another example of because the audience have seen it, the characters have seen it. That's not how life works. That's not how writing works. It's just another lazy shorthand to just get things moving. And, and it just shows you how rushed this episode is, particularly the last bit. Yeah. So essentially at the end, um, we find... A load of humans in a cave who have all been starved and gone driven crazy due to the powers of this planet. Mm. And then the administrator have taken care of. 
But tell me, <laughs> Owen, the Grand Serpent, who in many ways was the administrator of Earth, how was he taken care of? He was dumped on an asteroid. Yes. So essentially, just just so we're covering all bases here, the main bad guys of this, uh, of this season. Um, what's the Doctor's mum's call again? Tecteun. Tecteun. Disintegrated by... Um, uh, Swarmanazia. Swarmanazia. Swarmanazia then. Swarmanazia were disintegrated Azra. by time. Yep. Um, the person time. Sontarans. Um, <laughs> Sontarans. Flux. Weeping angels. They weren't killed off, but I don't think they were supposed to be killed off. Yeah, they just kind of... There's nothing mentioned on them, so we'll say they aren't. They're fine. Um, and the Grand Seven is just dumped on an asteroid. And can I just say, the only one of those which feels remotely satisfying was for Sontarans. Yeah. <laughs> also, can I just... Hey, Kate Stewart dumped him. That was nice for her. Yeah. It was good to see her. Yeah. Also, just... Actually, no, I'll bring that up next, next week. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, we're, I'm fully aware which we're starting to run out of that good old person called Time. Yes, and I think we've gone through everything. The main thing... Actually, there's one more thing we need to mention. We've already sort of gone over what I want to talk about. Yeah, so the, flu- the flux is obviously in the passenger now. Yes. But that isn't the reset. No. So what has the flux done? Let's, let's assess the ground here. What yeah. has the flux done that, so, that hasn't been reset? So this was what we were alluding to at the beginning of this yeah, episode. Yeah, we should mention this. <laughs> like, nothing gets reset, or at least told as being reset. Which I'm fine with. No, I'm fine. As a concept. I'm fine with as well as a concept. I'm happy with that and the big red button, to be honest. But it's never mentioned. We're just kind of assuming life goes on as normal. Um, nothing gets reset. We just kind of assume... That it's all fine now. Like Every, it's all gone back to everything's back to normal. So all the planets outside of Earth are destroyed. <laughs> Presumably, the sun, sun has gone. Because yeah. um, the Lupari shield was only around Earth. the Earth, let's so not the get sun over, isn't covered by that. Let's not get over one thing which's been bugging me for this entire season, which I've never mentioned on this podcast, but it's been annoying me constantly. All the time. What is it? Where the hell are they getting sunlight from? <laughs> I've never mentioned it during this episode, during this podcast. It's just a full face palm. Because I just thought it it would be fine, not mentioning it. But since we're bringing up the sun, yeah, since we are, yeah, we have to mention it, don't we? Um, also, all the side men, because they literally say, like, the Daleks at the time yeah. make a real point of saying all of our ships are here. Yeah. So all of the Daleks, by that logic, and all of the side men. Yes. And all of the Sontarans are gone. And because we mentioned in the last episode that the flux was centred around Earth by Tecteun, it's sort of like this sort of yeah. sardonic active range, and the Lupara shields are at Earth. Yeah. Everything else, with the exception of the Earth... And potentially a few straggly planets which just kind of happen to survive. Gone. <laughs> Don't so, yeah. worry. It's all normal. So, yeah. Because it can be. Yes. So... I think we're coming up to the time when we look into giving this some scores, this episode yes. in particular. Do you want to go first? I'll do I'll try and do a brief summary as level headed as I can. There's I was expecting that things wouldn't get resolved in a satisfying way just because it felt clear to me that too much had been set for it to set within an hour. I expected this to resolve for flux elements. But the Swarm Azir and Grand Serpent to float around over for specials and we resolve those in for specials. Mm. That is what I expected yeah. to happen. No. No, that no, no. Basically, not a lot gets resolved. Unless the Grand Serpent finds his way off this asteroid, which is a complete possibility. Yeah. What we're left with is essentially a, an overambitious, overstuffed, clunky nonsensical, badly written, badly thought out plot, characters that shouldn't be there and aren't expanded upon enough that you actually care about them for the most part. Just just lazy, cheap, shortcut writing that relies on an audience not thinking 
because the moment you think about this, it just falls away. Like, there are so many parts of this where you think, but this character does not know that. Or why aren't we seeing this interesting thing that the character is saying? We're just being told something. So many shortcuts to, to rush through your narrative because you've given yourself too much to do. It's like trying to have a full roast dinner after your full English breakfast. I hate to rush you on your complaining about rushing. But but we should rush to the score, but, yes. But do you have a point to this? What is your, point- what is, what is, what's your score at the end of this? Like a two. I, it's, I watched it. Is, is that lower... It's the lowest score I've ever given on this podcast on two episodes. Let, let me just go through the precedent this then sets. Is it worse than Edge of Destru- Destruction? What do I give Edge of Destruction? I think it might have been a three or a two, maybe a four, I can't remember. So Probably about range, three. Around that range. Edge of Destruction is rubbish, but this annoyed me more. <laughs> Planet of Giants. I think the difference between Planet of Giants and Edge of Destruction is that because you had no expectations going in and there was no mm. sign it was going to be particularly good, you're just sort of like, okay, well, that wasn't particularly good. Because there were signs of this yeah. and bits of it that were... Like, the Village of the Angels episode is still really good. This doesn't change my opinion on that episode. It's still yeah. good. Because of that, and you can see where the good bits are, it's just bogged down by just the most basic errors, the most basic lazy writing. Yeah. That, that that's what it just annoys me more mm-hmm. because it's obvious it could have been better but it's not because of things that should have been avoided so that's why yeah. what, what, what about your score Owen? I feel like I've ranted long enough probably three three yeah because yes it's got more problems than what I could fit on several A4 sheets of paper but I didn't feel bored which I think is the only positive thing I can say about it. Yeah, I, say, I wish I could agree with you. And there I was were, were some amusing bored. jokes. Yeah, okay, there was a couple of good jokes. So that's why I'm not giving it a two. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I give it a two because it gave like there were like a few bits of value. Like the Carve and East Exchange is still good. There are nice bits like the Vinder Bell stuff is like wholesome and everything. It's just you can find errors with everything still. But that does bring us to the end of flux i mean we'll get on to like our general thoughts next week so this isn't the end of flux for us because yeah, we'll not be, for us we'll be back next week on monday at eight o'clock to discuss our thoughts of this entire season we'll be ranking it at what was our favorite episode we'll be giving out pointless awards such as for worst ending sponsored by for sensorites <laughs> um for best companion, best death, let's retcon this now for the entire season. Um, <laughs> and for worst thing for Doctor Git, and so much more. Uh, yes, yeah, so if you want to join us for that, uh, please do. It's our it's our end of season. What happened? Yes, is, is what we usually call it. Because Owen cannot speak English. <laughs> so yes, um, if you want to, if you want to join us for that little recap, we'll be there next week. Um, if you have any thoughts on the vanquishers or flux in general this entire series uh then you can get in touch with us and let us know what you think if whether you agree thought it was really good even let us know um you can get to us on twitter which is um at black archive pod that's our you that's our handle and if you prefer emailing you want to write something a little longer uh then you can do that over our gmail account which is black archive pod at gmail.com and also if you are on spotify i'll be posting a question down below which will be how do you rank this season overall? And give us a brief description of why. Mm. I, I will be very interested to hear people who like this. because I just want to know why. I just yeah. want to hear it out and try and get a counter This will this. be for the entire season, so we've got something to discuss for next week. Yes. So, thank thanks you, very much. Thank you very much for joining us over this after. Our first ever season of New Who on this yes. podcast. Have you have you enjoyed it? Despite what we've seen, have you enjoyed the actual making the stuff? Yeah, because it's been nice to have someone to talk through about Doctor Who rather than sending you random messages annoying you into watching it. Yes, it is. It's just nice to like be on the sofa. Yeah. So fair enough, Doctor. I mean, you brought us together, but yeah, your writing will rip me apart. <laughs> yes. So we'll be back next week for the end of season review. And then after that... It's uh, Christmas time. I think I might use our Galaxy 4 as a bridge because there's That's like a good almost, like, almost a two-week gap. So we'll have end of season what happened, 
Galaxy 4. We'll, on Christmas Day, we have recorded already because we are prepared. Very a, much so. A Christmas special. And then it'll be just in time for for New Year's Day special, which I cannot just say, I love the name of Eve of the Daleks. Yeah, that's it, a nice name. It's amazing callback um, to the Eve of the Daleks. And then we'll be starting back on black and white with Troughton <laughs> with the Tomb of the Cybermen. The Doctor Who cycle never stops. <laughs> nope. So we'll see you along for the ride. Thanks very much for listening to all of these Flux episodes and we'll catch you next week. Goodbye.